Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show. This week we are looking at the property market. Plenty of things going on that do vary based on geography, but also vary based on the type of property it is. Units versus houses, suburbs versus CBD. See what's going on right now. See you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my faithful offsider, Mr. Mitchell Laurentiel. Faithful and Mr. B, looking awfully sharp today. Thanks yeah, for having me on the show. the memo, blue and white structure. Nice, great minds think alike. And Indeed. certainly what I'd like to get is a little piece of that great mind of yours today <laughs> on the property market. Property market update 2021. Here we are, there's been a lot that's going on. Probably a different, lot different to what people expected. Oh, tell me about it. And I, and I think one of the hardest things to, uh, to ever say, particularly... Uh, um, you know, if you're someone that has an opinion on things as I do, is uh, I certainly got it wrong last year. No question about that. Um, like most people, when COVID kicked off, uh, a lot of people were expecting, myself included, to see you know quite some substantial fall in uh, the property market, and we haven't seen that. In fact, today, very topical, uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia have come out now. Last year, most economists were forecasting at maybe a 20-30% drop in property prices. The RBA have come out and restated that they're now expecting to see a 30% gain in property over the next three years. So not only has it not fallen, but the floodgates are open and it is charging hard, which is great because I'm just about to hit the market with a couple of properties to sell. Absolutely. It's a great result for sellers, not so mm. good for buyers. I mean, talking anecdotally myself, I'm looking at getting in the property market fairly shortly and I've always been told, wait for March. You know, wait for JobKeeper and all that kind of stuff, but it really hasn't happened whatsoever. It hasn't, and, and there have been some very, very specific factors uh, that have probably driven markets. Uh, and, and this is an interesting one. Obviously, the downside uh, to this kind of communication, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or, or, or through this podcast, is that when you hear these kinds of things, you go, well, that's not happening where I am because there's such a huge geographical variation as to what's going on. You know, and last year we talked about vacancy rates uh, being at record highs, which indeed they have been in both Melbourne and Sydney CBDs, yet a lot of people in regional areas or Western Australia in Perth, for example, or on the Sunshine Coast uh, or, or, or here on the Gold Coast, your markets have been incredibly firm and the vacancy rates are at record low. So it's very much a geographical play here. Um, so it's, it, this is one sort of caveat to this broadcast. It may well vary where you are. It's crazy. You think about locally for us on the Gold Coast, speaking anecdotally, I think it was Benogan had a growth rate in price of 10.3% yeah. last year. Take Byron, 35% growth last Even year, better. 45% Lennox head. So, you know, it's, uh, it's insane uh, when you look at those numbers. Uh, and it's been driven by, you know, there's been a movement in people, obviously, and we'll talk a little about that as we get into, you know, the impact that we've had with lockdown and so on, uh, where people have started to turn their back on the idea of being in the big city and of moving either out to the burbs or actually moving further afield in general. And that's been a real disruptor to what a lot of people have expected in markets. Um, but I suppose as we start to dissect this, where do we see things? Well, number one, you know, 94% of foreign buyers have gone uh, from the market. So what we're looking at is organic homegrown buying that's supporting this market. And that's something that's very, very important because in a way, You'd think that taking foreign buyers out of the market would let some of the sort of air out of the balloon, uh, so to speak, but it's been more than replaced, as we'll speak of shortly, with homegrown and a particular demographic in the homegrown. Secondly, um, you know, let's, let's start to cut the cake up now. There's an enormous difference uh, between units and houses, and that's one of the big shifts that we're starting to see in markets. So if we take Sydney and Melbourne CBD. Sure. Okay. Um, we've seen record high um, vacancy rates 
uh, but we've also seen, take the December quarter uh, as an example, just gone, a 5.1% drop in rents. Uh, why are more properties on the market for rent? Landlords having to be competitive, less demand for people wanting to live in the CBD. Makes sense. Um, but by contrast, if you look at rents on houses, um, they've gone through the roof, no pun intended. It's been such an enormous shift and, and there are very, very good reasons for that. Um, you know, if we explore that from a demographic perspective right now, with interest rates at record low levels, which we've seen at a quarter percent and most likely to stay at these kind of levels you know, for the next probably four or five years, I think you've started to see a lot of older people, retirees and investors getting into the property market or acquiring more property because they've been perhaps more comfortable taking on more debt uh, at their stage of life with interest rates at such a low level. In fact, you can fix for you know, you know, four or five years at you know, two and a bit percent. So. And there's also no incentive whatsoever to have your cash in the bank, really, is there? Well, that's the other factor. There's been no reason to hold cash, uh, and that low interest rate has pushed that money in other markets. We've clearly seen it in the stock market, and it's also flowed into the property market too. Um, why? Because money has to go somewhere. Quarter of a percent is just not anything like a commercial return on money. So being either in property or shares has been a, a very, very good play. So there's been a disincentive to have money in cash and there's been a strong incentive to borrow more as well. And that's part of the reason why you've started to see that money flow in. That particular demographic typically don't like units. They want house and land, not house and land package, but bricks and mortar that's on the ground where you own a freehold uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, and so that's part of the reason why you've seen such a strong performance in that sector. So on the buy side, that's been a very, very dramatic factor. Um, on the user side, if you think about COVID and people having to work from home, if you're a couple and you live in a one-bedroom apartment, it's really not possible for you both to live and work from home in a one-bedroom apartment. Not without one killing the other. Yeah, it's going to cause some strain on your relationship, <laughs> you would have thought. And so that notion of moving out to the burbs and having more space is a very, very real factor. And again, that's seen that push in both tenants looking to rent houses and also buyers looking to buy houses with more space um, in, in a house rather than a unit. Sure. Secondly, you know, we see the demographic shift that we're seeing from a workplace perspective, this notion of not needing to be at the office to, to, to be at work and the ability to work remotely, the requirement to have an apartment in the CBD to cut your commute time, if you don't need to commute, it's non-existent now. And so, you know, again, that's taken a lot of the air out of that balloon for CBD apartments. Bit of bad news for CBD developers in both Sydney and Melbourne, but, you know, that is a cyclical business for sure. As people, again, are realising that working remotely um, can happen from anywhere if you've got internet. And what about a lot of young people maybe losing their jobs, for example, and being tied on cash and they're having to move back out to the burbs with their parents? Okay, so if you're a uni student or, or, or you're working, you've left home, uh, and you've been working, let's just pick something random and as a, a graphic designer <laughs> in the city somewhere, uh, and you had your little pied-à-terre in town and all was good, all of a sudden businesses slowed down, you've been asked to work remotely, so the opportunity to move back home with mum and dad, free board and lodging, get your washing done, nice bit of food, and flick that ugly rent cost in the city. It definitely has been a, a factor there as a lot of people have moved back home. Uh, and again, from a health perspective, that notion of living in a, 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 a single dwelling rather than a multiple uh, occupied dwelling like a high rise, you're not in the lift, there's no communal areas. So from a, from a pandemic perspective, it's probably perceived as being you know, a little safer, if sure. you will, not being uh, living in, in, in such high density housing. We had this very factor yesterday when we had an away day with the team 
and 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 and, and the place that we were using, the, the venue we were using, was in a high-rise office building with a lift, and it's quite an alien concept, and it's not a particularly pleasant one because you imagine you know 10, 12, 15, 16 people in the lift. It's not what you want anymore for no. very very obvious reasons. So those are all factors that have kind of lined up, uh, I think, to push various segments in the property market. You look at Perth; I mean, it's been going ballistic over there. You know, 13, 14 percent growth. Uh, we talk about some of the growth figures uh, here on the east coast, um, and that's in the absence of foreign buyers, which I'm very pleased to see, uh, and it's homegrown. It's it's certainly it's really a, a positive story because the the outlook was very grim, and it's really gone the other way. And you take some other economic statistics mm. with that as well. Credit card delinquency rates at an all-time low. And consumer confidence mm. is, uh, last time we spoke, at an all-time high based on yeah. Commonwealth's report. Yeah. Is there a disconnect between the pandemic raging and then the property market? Look, uh, there are various factors that I think have contributed toward, toward this. Yeah, the pay down of personal debt is also a great thing. I'm very pleased to see that. Notice, by the way, that the banks haven't cut the interest rates on credit cards, which is quite <laughs> remarkable. We've been allowed to get away from that. There's a heads up for ASIC if you're looking for something to do. Maybe have a look at that where it's at for actually look after that. But um, And so, um, yeah, that reduction in debt on one side is a good thing. But people, if you can borrow, as I say, <clears throat> you know, that ability to lock in a four or five year term at two, two and a half percent, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. It's cheap. Um, that said, there are a lot of conservative investors out there too that have seen interest rates at 16, 17% and know what can happen if you're over geared. Uh, and again, I think, you know, there's been some very, very selective investment off the back of it. So, you know, one of the big ones, this inability to travel, if you think about what people spend on travel and money overseas, that certainly has gone into the pockets of, uh, of a lot of the high street retailers that have been focused in, you know, like Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, you know, cracking numbers out of those um, uh, as very, very good examples of domestic spending. But also spending on the house on renovations and/or gearing up into property. If you didn't spend 50, 60 grand going on property uh, on a holiday this year, uh, then you've got 50, 60 grand to tip into your um, next property acquisition. And you know, if you can gear up, and the banks are, are opening the checkbook up to lend, um, great position to be in. That's for sure. Absolutely, it's great to see. So I guess the question. I mean, we've got the the RBA forecast of where we see the property market mm. going. You personally, what are your thoughts on this and why? Where do we see that property market heading for investors? Well, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I'm just about to hit the market with one of my properties. And, and, and you know, this time or last year, six months ago, I'd have been probably quite nervous about that. But given what's been going on, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking to pick the high in the market. Um, I'm, you know, I'm selling into a pretty strong market for the particular type of property that I want to sell. And um, yeah, I'm pretty confident that will go. I don't know how much more there is in this. And I think there are some factors at play into the new year. Um, for example, the scale back of um, JobKeeper mm -hmm. at some point is going to impact, uh, and also JobSeeker and the scale back on those government um, funded um, subsidies will bite to an extent. Yeah. Um, whether that will bite into people that are going into property, I don't know because um, you know if you're looking to get into that market, um, you're going to have an asset behind you. Very difficult for first time buyers. Good for people that are in the market, that's sure. for sure. Not so good for you until you get yourself in there. No. Uh, but once you're in, you've just got that sort of, you, you just got the slinky spring rolling on, I suppose, uh, into your next deal. Um, so I do think, you know, maybe the things are going to get a little bit choppier. Um, I don't think the end of JobKeeper or job seeker is going to pull the pins out from under the property market because of the factors that we've talked of, that low interest rate and money, um, you know, from super in particular going into further investment properties. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's some of the factors that are at play there for sure. Sure. And how does that compare to the stock market, in your opinion? Look, as you know, I mean, I've made great money out of property and will continue to do so, I'm sure. Um, 
I love the stock market because of that nimbleness, that ability to get in and out of it. And look, we've had a great run, and I think there's much more left in this because you know, for its savvy investors, particularly in the way that we teach, that ability to generate cash flow that's got nothing to do with dividends, uh, and that ability to generate great income above and beyond what you can get at the bank, which you should better do standing on your head, um, is going to be there. And I suspect we're lining up for uh, for more of that. We'll see what happens with the incoming U.S. president, but I mean that'll take us outside of the remit of what we've got to talk about: property and shares, property or shares, property and shares together is probably how you should look at these things. Sure. Uh, and I think those two asset classes are going to perform very, very well. There we go. Well, there you go. There's your prediction. Now, fun fact that I want to raise with you here, mm-hmm. AB, and I read this earlier this morning. Those people who use buy now, pay later mm. apps like Afterpay, and it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't mention Afterpay. Yeah. Mention see, if we can, see, if we can, see if we can get it all the way through this year. Exactly too. right. So for those people who use buy now, pay later, the banks actually look down upon you getting a loan. Yeah, it is factored in. So credit cards are normally something that get factored in uh, when you do your budget, you do a loan application, as you'll see. Um, but if you are someone that's using any of those uh, buy now, pay later type facilities, that will also factor in there. And the bank will look very, very closely at your spending on there uh, because effectively it is a debt, even though it's not done in the cre- traditional format like a credit card. Uh, so it has the potential to count against you, particularly if it's it got a little bit out of hand. And it's easy to do that with those services. We're well, spending money you don't have, right? Well, I think the research that came out of uh, at the back end of last year showed that one in five people that use um, you know, buy now, pay later uh, are running into some level of financial difficulty where they're having to forego, let's call it necessities, and necessities aren't internet necessities, things like food, uh, yeah, or, or uh, yeah, to, in order to support their sure. buy now, pay later habit, or um, or actually taking loans, personal loans, to help pay that off, which is kind of the whole. Um, idea of using those services to avoid a loan. I think. Yeah, certainly popular. Afterpay trading at nearly 140 bucks. Insane, today. isn't Crazy. it? Crazy. Absolutely insane. You know, $8 not that long ago, $8.50, you know, not this time last year, which is just, a, <laughs> just an incredible run. Um, I wonder if you can buy a property on that. A buy now, pay later. You'd have to have a pretty good history on there, I think. You'd have to really build up 200 bucks, 2,000, 200, <laughs> 2 million. Yeah, split into four convenient payments would be right, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be good. But no, I, I think um, you know, the, the, the factors economically, we're in uncharted waters. We've never been in a situation where we've had interest rates so low. Technically, we've been in and out of a recession. I suspect we might slide back into that um, next year or this year ahead. Um, so there are, you know, the traditional economic playbooks have been turned on their head. Pretty much every economist last year, myself included, was expecting a decline in property. We were always wrong, and I'm sure some of those guys will admit that they were too in terms of the overall strength of this market. Um, But at some point, the music has to slow down and stop. The fact that it's a homegrown buying that's propelling the market is a positive rather than foreign influence coming in on the other side. I'm a big advocate of homegrown buying. Um, you know, New South Wales state government talking about that adjustment to stamp duty as well as an enhancement in the property market. Um, if you actually look at that, I don't know how much of an enhancement it is, but I guess it's a buy now, pay later from a, a stamp duty perspective. Yeah. Um, but you know, these are all things that have put property certainly front and center. Um, but that big divergence between inner city units and, and, and house uh, certainly is a factor I expect to see extended uh, going through as people do choose to work from home. So that requirement to be located in the CBD diminishes. And, and secondly, that need for more space. If you're working from home, you know, sitting with a tray on your lap, on, on, on your bed, where your partner's out on the pull-out bed uh, in the lounge, you know, that's not an ideal way of working or living. There's no division uh, between being at work and being at home in that case, which sure. is, you know, of course, a lot of anxiety for a lot of people, a lot of stress and that inability to differentiate between the two. So again, there's a factor if we see this continuation of people working from home 
um, that will push towards larger properties and probably houses. Um, yeah, and, and the demand is there and they're certainly running hard right now, so yeah. Certainly some great information and some great advice in there. Now, as we always do at the end of the broadcast, AB, our call to action, the final piece of the word that we need from you. Look, obviously the theme of our show here is mm. investing. And we can yeah. talk about property or shares, it all comes down to the same thing, money making more money for you. Mm. What's your advice to those who are looking to get started in one, one area or the other? My advice is always is the best time to get started was yesterday, if not 20 years ago. Um, so just get yourself started. And the longer you put these things off waiting for a bargain, uh, if a market's running away from it, you know, I'm waiting for Afterpay to come back to 90 so I can buy it's $140. Um, you know, you're better off just getting in. Don't be a fool with your money, do your research be very, very strategic in what you do. But if we look at the flip side to residential property and some of the factors that we've talked about here, if we talk about stocks, uh, they're in that space. Companies like Stockland, for example, which are in the in the property space. Um, our good friends at Sunland, great business here on the Gold Coast, and the uh, Bedium family know them well. Um, you know, interesting companies in the listed space in, in residential property, but the, the um, flip side is commercial or in fact office type trust. So when you look at things um, you know, like GPT um, and, and some of the big office, Dexas and some of the big office commercial letting companies, you wonder uh, the desire for companies to have people working from home, what that's gonna do to companies floor space that they need and in turn what that's gonna do to rents in CBDs from business perspective. So I think there's possibly a bearish play this yeah. year as we really see that come in uh, to fruition. That'll be one to watch. You know, a lot of companies are on longer leases, five, seven, nine years. If you break the lease, it's gonna be expensive, but you wonder how many of those are gonna start getting renewed as we've seen this redeployment of the workforce from home. So that's one to watch out for from a, a wild card trade. Time will tell. Now that's really interesting. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm, indeed. Cool. Well, thanks for having us on the show, AB. It's been an absolute pleasure. A lot to go through there and certainly a nice grounding for those looking at, at the property market as an investment or just as a hobby. So thanks very much for sharing. Pleasure as always, Mitch. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll see you in next week's show.